Amen. Wow. Well, man, I want to just welcome you today. It is so good. Even though we can't gather in our buildings together uh, here at Crossroads, it's so good that we can at least connect this way, uh, knowing that all across the, the state and country, in fact, all around the world, we're getting together and worshiping our great King together. So amazing to me. Uh, and I just want to welcome you today. If, uh, if we've not met, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Crossroads Church. Uh, and thank you for, for tuning in today. Um, and man, I know it goes without saying, but these last six weeks have been sort of a whirlwind for us. Uh, hasn't it? I mean, at, at times for me, it feels like uh, time is just sort of crawling by. Uh, and at other times it seems like it's just going really incredibly fast. Uh, this whole season has just kind of been flipped upside down, like the twilight zone for us. And I know some people have kind of joked around like, oh man, this is like a big staycation. But I don't know about you guys, but for me and my family, it's been nothing but a staycation. I mean, there is more stuff to do. It is, it is just a, a hectic sort of season at home for us. And so uh, many of us, though, are in that same boat. We're working from home, or, or maybe you're not working from home. You're, you're still an essential uh, employee, and so you have to, to leave your home to go to work still. Uh, many of us are, are getting stir-crazy and uh, being inside, though. And, and I know for, for, for me, my head every day is becoming more and more like a bowling ball uh, because my hair just needs to be cut. I, I can't go get a haircut. Uh, but man, I am so looking forward uh, to some of these restrictions being lifted, not only for a haircut, but, uh, but, but to go to my favorite pizza place, Perry's Pizza, because their pizza, their calzones, their wings, everything that they have there is great. And there's just, there's nothing that, that you know, takeout is, is okay, but it just isn't quite the same as going there with my family and, and sitting down and enjoying our time together. In fact, I'd kind of like to hear from you guys what, what you are most excited about in terms of what businesses are reopening. What are you most looking forward to? Uh, is it the gym? Is it the movie theater? Is it a, a restaurant? or what is that for you? In fact, if you're watching on Facebook, you can write that in the comments, or if you're watching uh, on our online platform, you can chat that into the box. We just want to kind of hear from you what you are looking forward to. But man, uh, I just cannot wait um, because this season has been, has been crazy, not only uh, challenging uh, in some of those ways, but, but, but really uh, challenging in, in the sense that this season has kind of acted like a, a pressure cooker for us, hasn't it? I mean, in terms of especially our, our close relationships. In fact, we were talking through this series and we thought, man, let's, uh, Matt and Tim and I sat down, we were talking and we thought, let's, let's have one of the weeks uh, during our quarantined series be about marriage and family because, um, you know, marriage and family is something that, that's really getting strained right now. And as we were talking through this, uh, the song that kept playing through my mind was Ozzy Osbourne's 1980s hit, Crazy Train. Uh, do you remember that song? You can maybe hear the the lick actually you got the there it is yeah yeah the, the the crazy train in fact here's some of the lyrics from that song uh it says this uh crazy but that's how it goes millions of people living as foes maybe it's not too late to learn how to love and forget how to hate mental wounds not healing life's a bitter shame i'm going off the rails on a crazy train Maybe this describes you and your feeling right now. Uh, but, you know, let's talk 
First, let me pick on parenting for just a moment. You know, parenting normally, like when, when life is, is sort of normal and, and has a steady routine and, and things are going as they should, parenting is super hard. Uh, it's challenging all the time. And then you enter into a season like this, and man, it can just feel unbearable. And if you have kids that are my aged kids, like school aged kids, uh, you might be navigating remote learning and what that all looks like now, which is, which is, uh, has its ups and downs. Let me just say that. In fact, uh, you know, when we were young and we would argue with our parents about doing our homework and, uh, and, and we would, we would say something like this, and you probably said this too, when, this is stupid. Why do I have to learn this? When am I ever going to use it in real life? Uh, well, we just got our answer. The, the time you're going to use that is when the schools are all shut down because of a pandemic, and you have to now teach your fifth grader how to divide fractions. That's when you use that in real life. Every other time, it's with your calculator. Uh, but now we have to use that in, in real life. And, but even that is not good enough. We're, we're still Googling like how to do this uh, math problem. In fact, I, I feel like Mr. Incredible. Like, Why did they have to change math? It worked when I was a kid. Why did they have to change that? Um, and I know I know for, for you kids who are listening, um, I know that you guys are, are so like well behaved during this time, aren't you? You're, you're at home and you're, you're getting up uh, and, and starting like on your work without your mom and dad asking you to. You're, maybe you're making them coffee or like a nice quiche in the morning and dropping it off in their room. And, and, uh, and, and then you start your, your homeschooling, your remote learning. And then after that, you, you go and practice your cello and, and, you know, make lemonade for lunch or whatever it might be. And, um, but on those super rare occasions that, that you disobey, you get in a fight with your sister or your brother, or you, you don't listen to mom and dad, here's the challenging thing for us is that we are running out of things to ground you from. It's really hard to ground you when, when everybody's already grounded and we are stuck at home and there's not much to do anyway. And so, so that's just a little insight for you kids into to our parents' world. Now let's talk for a moment about marriage. Um, marriage, again, is, is difficult when life is, is sort of normal. There, there's a lot of challenging things that can come along with, with the marriage relationship. In fact, I say it's often, for Renee and I both, it, it's often the hardest and yet most rewarding uh, relationship that we have. It's, it's a difficult thing. And then you enter into a season like this, and it can just sort of fly off the rails. In fact, CNBC reported uh, that lawyers are expecting a huge increase in divorces after this season. Did you know that after the holiday season uh, that there is a huge increase in divorces? Uh, in fact, I, I think that it's because or they think that, that the reason is is because you're, you're around family for, for so long, like those couple of weeks that you might take off for, for Christmas and New Year's, and, and you just get so fed up with each other that after the holidays are over, uh, you are seeking a divorce. In fact, the Google, the, the internet search, I want to divorce, is 230% higher right after the holidays. Did you know that? And they're anticipating that same thing happening after this season. And even now, several divorce lawyers, their queue is filled. You see, with stress, little things become big things. Things that were under the surface for a long time rise to the surface. And, and with the situation we're in right now, you can't avoid it anymore. You can't pretend it's not there anymore because you are, there's not enough square footage. You're around everything and, and everyone so 
much that those things are just sort of boiling up and magnified now in this season. So here's the question that we need to wrestle with today. The question is this, if you had a chance to hit a reset button, would you? If you had a chance to hit a reset button, not a reset button to to make this difficult season become easier, I'm talking about a reset button on your relationships. That if you had a chance that during this quarantine, not only to survive this season within your marriage and in your parenting and in your families, but, but to come out on the other end stronger and healthier and further ahead, to leverage the season for your good and your family's good, would you do that? Because here's the truth is that what comes along with every disruption is opportunity. What, every com- what comes along with every great disruption is great opportunity. And could it be that this season that we're in right now, these challenges that are surfacing, that we're facing every day, could it be that this is a, a blessing in disguise for us? That maybe sometime in the future we'll look back on this season so thankful that God worked in such a way that he brought healing to our marriages, that he brought about healing to our families and our relationships with our kids. Man, great disruption comes along with great opportunity. So, you know, the nation of Israel had an opportunity like this. In fact, their disruption that I'm talking about today Uh, lasted for several centuries, like over 500 years worth of disruption. And you might notice this verse. You might remember this verse. Uh, You've heard it or you've maybe seen it walking into someone's house. It's posted on on their door. It's in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14 and 15. If you want to turn there in your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, Download the U version. It's a great app. Uh, or let us know. We'll get you one from the church, a hard copy. In Joshua 24, verse 14 and 15, it says this. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, Then choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But, he says, as for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. Now, in order to really understand what Joshua is saying here, we have to kind of pull back a little bit and we got to add some context to the story. You see, several hundred years before this, Israel was enslaved in Egypt. They were, they were captivated there, weren't allowed to leave. And, and God called Moses and brought him to Egypt to lead the people out. And you remember the story. He sent plagues and all these things on the land. Finally, Pharaoh's like, hey, get out of here. So Moses and the Israelites leave Egypt. And then, and then Pharaoh has second thoughts, and he's mad that he let them go. So he sends his army out after them. So here they are running from the most powerful army in the world. They get to the Red Sea and they don't know what to do. Well, God parts the Red Sea. They walk through on dry ground and uh, the, the army follows through, but then God closes up the sea and the whole army is destroyed. It's an incredible story. Lots of stuff happens here. I'm giving you like the 30,000 foot view summary. 
basically then over the next 40 years, they just sort of wander around in the desert of the Middle East, not quite sure where they're going, looking for this promised land that God had uh, promised to Abraham a long, long time before that. And, and here they were just sort of wandering around in the desert. Well, then their leader, Moses, ends up getting super old and dying. And now the, the nation's like, what are we supposed to do? Well, Joshua is appointed the leader of Israel. He is now the leader of this nation that's wandering. They end up getting to the promised land. They're right on the other side of the Jordan River from this land that God promised them. They walked through the river, similar to when they walked through the Red Sea. God split the river. They walked through it on dry ground into this land that God promised them. But it wasn't all uh, hunky-dory for them right from the get-go. They, they ended up having lots of battles and facing hostility and, and, and all this stuff. In fact, the book of Joshua takes place over 25 years that they traveled through what's now known as the, the nation of Israel, and, and they had battles with, with the people who were there. And finally, 25 years later, after all of this, they, they're finally ready to end this disruption that has lasted over five centuries. Can you imagine the anticipation that they had? They divided up the land between all of the tribes of Israel, and they were ready to go. But Joshua stops them all, and he says, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Hold on. We, I, I want to I I ask you something. Do you remember how God has rescued you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Do you remember how God rescued your, your ancestors, like your, your great-grandparents, and, and even further back? Uh, yeah, we remember that. Do you remember how God has been faithful to you and how he's uh, been generous to you? how he brought you through uh, this wandering in the desert for 40 years, and here you are in this new promised land that he promised so long ago. Do you remember his faithfulness? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we, we remember that. What's your point, Joshua? And he says this, don't go back to your old ways. Don't do it. You see, their, their old ways, their, their ancestors worshipped the Egyptian gods. They worshiped these gods that were not the true God. And he says, don't go back to your old ways. Don't settle back into what's comfortable for you and what you already know. You use this as an opportunity to, to clean house, to, to hit that reset button. He says, take advantage of this, but don't go back to your old ways. And he leaves them with a choice. He says this, choose today, choose this day whom you will serve. When Renee and I moved into our house in North Glen about 13 years ago, we bought a house and uh, we were super excited because this house had a garage. And before that, we didn't have a garage. And so, man, we have this nice big two-car garage. And like most people who move into a house with a garage, it sort of became like the, the, the collect-all sort of space for, uh, for all of the stuff we didn't really know what to do with. So, you know, extra microwaves or dressers or boxes or whatever just sort of stick in the garage. And, and uh, <coughs> thankfully, though, we were able to start kind of getting some of that cleaned out and moved out. Um, but even still, like... It, it, 
it just was never clean enough for me. And, and I'm not even that clean of a guy, but my garage wasn't clean enough for me. And in fact, you know what I'm talking about is that like when in the wintertime, when your car gets all nasty and snowy and dirty, and then it, you pull it into the garage and it melts, and then all that dirt just sort of cakes on the floor of your garage. Well, uh, what I started doing is I started getting into this yearly routine of I would I take everything out of the garage, all of my shelving and, and toolboxes and the car and, and all everything that's in there, and I, and I pressure wash the floors, and I, I get it so sparkling clean, and it's just so satisfying, right, to, to see all that dirt to sort of wash out into the street. And, and, uh, and, and man, I get it so clean that you could probably eat off of it if you wanted to. I, I haven't done that, but, but if you wanted to, you probably could. And, and so here's the thing is that when you're cleaning out the garage, the most important part isn't uh, just pulling out all of the stuff. The most important part isn't washing the, the floors and, and everything else. Those are important pieces to it, but they're not the most important. The most important part is this, is what you put back into the garage. You see, if every, when everything is out and, and the floors are washed and everything's clean, I have a choice. I can put stuff back into the garage. I can put everything back into the garage. I have to ask myself that question. What am I going to throw away? What am I going to donate? What do I need to organize a little bit differently? You see, if I just threw everything back in the garage, it would just, uh, it would be pointless to even go through and clean it. It would be a huge, huge mistake. And in fact, last week was, was the week this year that I cleaned out my garage. I, uh, I cleaned it all out. I, I put it out all over the front lawn. In fact, sometimes when I've done this, like people have stopped by thinking it's a garage sale and I have to tell them, no, this is my stuff. Like, go away. Don't, don't try to take any of it. But, um, but I, I cleaned out my garage this week, which, which by the way, uh, I know maybe husbands, you got a long honey-do list already. So there's no elbowing allowed, all right? So wives, no elbowing your husbands. Like, hey, clean out our garage, okay? None of that's allowed. Uh, if you want to add it to your honey-do list, that's on you. That's not on me. So, so you, you do that. But, uh, but, but here's the thing is, as I was cleaning out my garage um, this, uh, this last week, I found a few things that kind of reminded me of, of some of what I was talking about today. So this, uh, it's just a piece of drywall. It's a small piece of drywall. And uh, this came from a project I was doing. You see, when, when we moved into the house, um, we, uh, the garage, half of it was insulated and drywalled and the other half wasn't. It was just bare studs. And so I thought, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to insulate it, uh, the rest of it, and I'm going to put the drywall up and finish it. And it's going to look real nice. And so I got about three quarters of the way up this uh, wall and I stopped. Uh, because, you know, other things came into mind, and, and I had other things to do, and so, so that project just sort of got dropped down the, the, the list for me. But, but what this represents for us, maybe, are stagnant intentions. You see, I had the intention of, of finishing our garage years ago, but what happened is that those intentions just sort of grew stagnant. And now this piece of drywall and others like it are, are just sitting in my garage, not really doing anything. Maybe during this season of COVID-19 and, and all these things are coming up, maybe, maybe one of the things that God's wanting you to, to, to deal with in your life is, are some intentions that at one point you had. Maybe they had intention to, 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 to invest in your spouse in a certain way 
or invest in your kids in a certain way, that intention to, to disciple your family in a certain way, or, or goals that you had, uh, man, we're going to do this as a family, but over time, they've sort of faded away. Do you have some stagnant intentions in your life right now that are sort of coming to the surface? Uh, there's a couple other things I've I found in my garage. Uh, this is... Um, not a box of Ego waffles, uh, but instead it is a box of all these old quarts of oil. Yeah, so uh, last fall I needed to change out the differential oil in my truck, the front and rear differentials, and because it was cheaper to just do it myself, it was pretty easy. I thought I can do it, and so I so I did it, and uh, uh, I put all the old oil back into these containers, and uh, ever since then it's been sitting in my garage in this Ego waffle box. Um, and uh, here's what this represents, is, is, is this represents things that are left undealt with in our lives. Are there things right now that might be surfacing in this season that, that have been there for a long time? Things that you knew at one point, man, I need to deal with this. I need to, I need to work through this. But for whatever reason, you, you sort of left it undealt with. You know, the thing about this box of old oil is that every time I go in the garage and around to where our freezer is, I trip over it. And it's the same thing with things in our lives that we leave undealt with, is that they're always going to stay there. It would be easy for me to get rid of this oil. In fact, all I got to do, and I might do it today on my way home from church, is drop it off at AutoZone because they'll take it, they'll dispose of it correctly, and it'll be gone I just haven't done it. What are some things that are boiling up in your life right now that, are, that you know have been there that are left undealt with? Maybe this is a, a time for you to, to deal with those things. The next thing I uh, found in my garage is this big hockey net. Uh, we bought this net uh, a long time ago for our son Jackson. And as you can tell, there are lots of holes and uh, you know, this net has been loved well. It's been used well. Uh, hours and hours, Jackson and I would stay out in the garage and, and play hockey together, uh, and it was a lot of fun. Um, but when I saw this last week, it wasn't uh, standing up nice and pretty like it is right now, but it was sort of dilapidated and kind of uh, crunched over in the corner, just sort of sitting there. And as I thought about it, I thought, man, when was the last time we played hockey together? And it's been a long time. Here's what this hockey net uh, represents. Is it, it, re- it represents time. Per- perhaps there's something in your life that maybe uh, at one time you were giving enough time to, enough time and energy and focus, but over the years you've just sort of forgot about it. It's just sort of like this hockey net sort of slumped over in the corner. And, and there was that good memory. There was that good thing. But, but man, I just don't have time for that anymore. And one of the things I've noticed during this season uh, is just people outside with their families. It's been awesome to see walking their dogs, riding their bikes, uh, playing catch, having water fights, whatever that looks like, and it's been amazing. Maybe this is a season for you to evaluate some of your, how you're spending your time, specifically in regards to your marriage and your kids. What does that look like for you to use that time wisely? And then finally, uh, thank you, finally, what I found in my garage were these old dirty rags. 
Uh, I have a lot of rags in my garage. Um, it's, it's all my old undershirts. When they uh, just kind of get worn out, they go from my closet down to my garage. Uh, the problem isn't, though, that I have uh, dirty rags. Uh, my hands are getting greasy. Uh, the problem isn't that I have dirty rags. The problem is that these dirty rags were uh, in, in like 17 different places in my garage. Some were up on the shelf. Others were down in the corner. Some were in the cabinet or on the floor or whatever. Here's what these represent. Are, these represent out-of-order uh, priorities, out-of-order boundaries, things in our lives that maybe at one point had their place and their rightful place, but, but since then they've just sort of scattered around. And, and maybe work has sort of crept up into a place, into a priority placeholder that it shouldn't be. Or maybe our marriage has, has sort of stepped down the priority ladder into a place that it shouldn't be. Let me ask you this. What are some of the things that are coming out of your garage right now? What are some of those things that are, that are being taken out and laid all over your front lawn? Is there some bitterness that, that, has, that has been there for a while? Some, some, uh, some wrongs that you've been keeping a list of for a long time? Maybe it looks like overspending or uh, abuse of alcohol or, or substance of, of some kind. Maybe it's gaslighting or, or domestic violence, cruel statements and control, hostility, uh, disrespect, intimidation, uh, distance, loss of, of love or affection. What are those things that are, that are coming out? Here's the point with all this, is that in this crisis, all those things, are, all these things in our lives have been pulled out and we have a choice to make. We have a choice right now. What are those things that you are going to let back into your garage? You can put it all back. As life gets back to normal in these next few weeks and months, you can just put it all back as it once was or, or, and, and, and let it all sort of sink beneath the surface. Or you can use this opportunity to hit that reset button. The last thing that I brought is, is this my garage door remote. This little button opens up the door. And so, so what does this represent? Um, whoever, who gets to decide uh, when the garage door opens or what comes in or out of the garage? Well, it's whoever's holding the remote. And here's the, the, the thing, here's the, the point of this. When Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. There's a, an a, important order here that he said on purpose. He said, as for me, number one, and then my house, number two. Here's the point. Parents, moms, dads, you are the ones to set the trajectory of your house. Wives, husbands, you are the ones setting the trajectory of your marriage. In other words, if you are not first choosing to serve God, then your house will not your marriage will not. If you, all of us individually, are not first choosing who we are going to serve, nothing will follow. He says, choose this day. And here's the thing about that. It's not enough just to choose it on one day. Because some of you might be thinking, well, I chose that day back in 1983, and, and man, ever, you know, it's, it's all good. Well, well, have you chosen him every day since? 
Here's the thing is we've got to choose every day. Every morning we've got to wake up and say, who am I going to serve today? Am I going to serve myself? Am I going to serve my old habits? Am I going to serve those old things in my life that are under the surface that I, that I want to get rid of? Or am I going to serve God? So how, do we, so how do we do that? How do we hit this reset button? That sounds all great and it sounds good, but, but how, do we, how do we do that? Well, first... The first step is this, is that we simply just notice. We notice what's coming out of our garage, so to speak. In other words, what's floating to the surface? What's there? Is it bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness? What is there? What's what's coming out? And be mindful of it. Take notice of it. Has your marriage slipped down the priority list? Our work or your kids in the wrong slot when it comes to your boundaries or priorities. Just pay attention to what is there, to what you're feeling, to what you're thinking, to what you're experiencing in your relationships. Second is this, is avoid the temptation just to shove it all back in the garage when you get a chance to. I know that it's comfortable. I know that it's a lot easier. Even in our dysfunctional things, it's a lot more comfortable sometimes to just stay in those uh, those dysfunctional cycles instead of finding that true healing. But just remember, whatever you let into your garage will one day come back out again. For some of us, we are there at that place where you are thinking, maybe you've already looked into getting a divorce lawyer. And here's what I would encourage you, is don't make big decisions like that when the pressure cooker is on. Don't make big decisions like that right now. Wait a second. Evaluate. Get some some other voices into your situation. Seek help. Get a counselor. Talk to one of the pastors, but, but find some, some help. Don't make big decisions, whatever it is, when the pressure cooker is on. So first, we just simply notice what's coming out. Two is that we avoid the temptation to just put it all back where it was. And the third thing is this, is that we choose. We make a choice. We choose who we're going to serve. How do you serve God in your role in your family? That's the question we all need to be asking. If you're a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife or, or you're a child or you, you have a mom or dad, how do you serve God in your role, from your role within that family? In your house, is there grace that needs to be uh, given, extended to each other more? Do you need to spend some time intentionally playing with your kids, which, by the way, I think can be one of the most holiest things we can do. It's just to play with our kids. Do you need to model for your family how to apologize, how to serve God, how to worship Him? The other thing is this, is that we need to protect and, and maintain and strengthen those things that are, that are good in our lives, in our, in our families. Not everything in my garage needs to be thrown away. A lot of the stuff is really good. What is that in your life, in your family? Do you have a good sense of mutual respect and honesty? Do you, can you talk to each other well? Do you have a good level of trust? Uh, do you uh, fight fair? Are you good role models? Protect those things. Nurture those things. Strengthen those things during this season. But what does all that look like for you? What's going on in your mind right now? Now, I want you to hear me on this because sometimes when we think about serving God, that that we're going to make a choice to serve God today, 
Sometimes we get this image that, that it's about us pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, about gritting our teeth and just trying harder and just, just making it happen. But, but here's the thing is that don't let that be your approach because you will just remain frustrated and you won't be any further along than you are already. Here's what it means really to serve him is that we surrender to him. We surrender to him. God, whatever it is you want to do in me, I'm weak. I can't do it on my own. It's impossible for me to do it on my own. God, I submit to you and I surrender to you. And that is the only way, that is the only way that we will see change. Just like in the song we were just singing a little bit ago, your grace is the only thing that makes me want to change. His grace is the only thing that can change us. So before we settle into new land, let's put that stake in the ground. Who are you and your house going to serve? We're not going back to the same old way. We are going to move ahead and turn this new corner. And for some of us, we've made that decision and, and, and it's been a long time. And perhaps you've, you've kind of slipped and you slipped into some old patterns and, and, and you've maybe forgotten what that looks like to really serve God. Maybe for some of us, it's a time to, to refocus and to, to, to recenter our hearts and our affections on him. For others of us, maybe you're listening today and, and, and you have no idea what that looks like really to, to, to serve God. In fact, my guess is that your worldview has been sort of blown up by this whole pandemic. Everything that you thought you knew about control and about your own life and about your own uh, will and, and all of that, you're, you're being able to control your own destiny and, and all of that sort of stuff just sort of blew up and, and flew out the window because of a little microscopic bug. And maybe you're, you're stopped and you're thinking going, man, man, all of my stuff is out all over the driveway and, and all over the front lawn, and I'm not quite sure what to do with it all. Well, here's a chance for you, and here's an invitation. You see, God, he loves you so much. He wants to be with you. In fact, he created a way for you, and that way he self-sacrificed in order for you to know him. And it's not about coming under some strict rule or strict religious regimen or anything like that. It's about coming into a relationship with the one who created you and designed you and is calling you right now. He's inviting you. He's inviting you to come to experience love and acceptance and newness and fullness like you've never experienced before. Would you respond to his invitation today? It's simply saying yes. In fact, we want to walk through that with you. We want to talk with you, answer questions that you might have. We want to pray with you. And so if that's you, uh, I would just encourage you to hit that button on the online platform, the raise hand button. Raise your hand. Someone will get in touch with you. They will get uh, back with you and, and talk with you, pray with you, and, and, and answer any questions that you might have about what it looks like to follow and serve Jesus. Would you pray with me now, all of us together? God, we are so grateful that you are trustworthy, that you are good. God, we are so grateful for your love, for your mercy and grace on us. 
God, we look back over our lives and we see your faithfulness. We see how you rescued us, how you brought us uh, through difficult seasons, God. And we trust that you are doing the same thing even now. Father, my prayer is that as we move into this new season, as we shift gears a little bit, Father, would you help us to avoid the temptation just to go back to the old normal, to go back to the old ways, to settle into the things that we've known for so long. And God, would you help us to set a, hit a reset? God, that we would put a stake in the ground and say, man, I am going to serve Jesus. I'm going to get my priorities straight. I'm going to deal with things that have been left undone. My intentions now are going to be focused on you and how I serve you, and I'm going to spend my time wisely. Father, I pray for marriages. I pray for families. Would you strengthen them? God, those relationships right now that are strained, that are breaking, Father, I pray that you would meet them there even now and bring about your healing, your powerful healing. Holy Spirit, we need you. God, for those strained relationships between parents and children or whatever the, the relationships might be, God, we we ask for your healing and your reconciliation. Would you restore, God? We thank you for it. And it's in your good and powerful and resurrected name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.